Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and so many other topics with creators and people you know and love. And this guest today needs absolutely no introduction at all. I consider him a really close friend and an inspiration, and I know a lot of you do too. Uh, this is Brad Mondo, everyone. Welcome. Thank hello, you so hello, much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love I your love setup. Your background. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know. I'm like. I feel like I'm watching like one of your YouTube videos. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> you, you are actually in the YouTube filming room right now, so that makes okay. Oh, accurate. that's perfect. Last time <laughs> I was there, I think you were dyeing my hair blue again and like giving me no. You was it the blue oh wait yeah yeah when you like oh, yeah. When you, blue. you did the facial and then i dyed uh-huh. your hair blue right yeah oh my god i think that was like a year that was ago so now. long ago i know yeah. it's been forever it's it's been so long since i've like spent a good amount of time in nyc i need to come back and and see you, you really again because it's been so long i mean for everyone you know i mean i know you guys all know who brad mondo is but he is an incredible content creator and brand founder as well he does iconic reaction videos to people absolutely destroying their hair and my personal favorite series you do the America's Next Top Model reaction videos as well he has his own brand X Mondo many of which products I use they're incredible if you're someone who likes to just go wild with your hair do the most crazy fun colors styles definitely the brand for you. You have to check it out. And also something I want to talk about in today's podcast, because I don't oftentimes get to like talk with another cosmetic brand founder. And I really like Mm want to pick your brain when it comes to that. But yeah, you've, you've done so much. It's honestly really, really cool to see how far you've come. I mean, I discovered you like, I can't even remember how long ago it was, but I remember our first interaction, you had messaged me um, about about my videos and then we were able to meet up shortly afterwards and I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. You are just iconic in so many levels. And when we first hang out, it was just such a genuine connection. It It was so much fun. Wait, do you remember making the video about me, about my yes. skincare routine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember I did a reaction <laughs> video. And I think if I remember right, like I was honestly like impressed with uh, with both of your skincare routines, I think. Like there was a I good amount of products. So. I was like, wow. Yeah. No, I don't think you were like disappointed, but it wasn't even like, I didn't, I don't think I made a full out skincare routine video. It was Mm kind of like pieced together from information you found Mm -hmm. through videos or something. Yeah. And I was really impressed by it. And then um, I was like, wait, he's so fun. Let me reach out to him. And then we hung out and it was great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly been amazing. We've been able to make videos together, which has been so much fun. You've done the most amazing transformations on my hair. And it's been, it, honestly, it's been so long since I've dyed my hair a really fun color. And I'm getting to that place where I'm just like, oh, man, it's coming. Ooh. I'm feeling I'm feeling the desire again. How about you? I know you've kept like, uh, you've kind of transitioned through a few different hairstyles, but you've kind of um like, it looks like you've scaled back on like transitioning through a bunch of different colors. I have definitely scaled back. <laughs> my hair, my hair was starting to feel it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm trying to grow my hair long, like really long this time. Oh, yeah, really? like yeah, I want to be like, hey, yes. you know what I mean. <laughs> I used I've shown you pictures, right, of my hair long. Yeah, from like a while ago, right? A while ago, yeah. I basically went on this like finding myself journey before YouTube happened, mm-hmm. and. I grew my hair out really long. 
I became like a fucking hippie and then I went to <laughs> a- I went to Asia and spent like three months there and uh, I just had this long flowy hair. I was wearing like only tank tops and shorts every yes. day and like backpacking around Asia. And then um, on the last like leg of the trip, I cut it and it's been short ever since. Wow. And now I'm ready. I'm ready to have it long again, even though I feel like I'm balding right now. So it's really not fun. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I swear to God, I am. <laughs> I'm horrified. I think I'm getting old. Oh, I am getting old. Oh, like, but like, let's talk about it. Cause like, I noticed the same thing, like for my skin too, like where, cause you know, obviously you work with hair. I, I work with skin and as I'm getting older, I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? It's changing. No, I hate this. I <laughs> hate every second of it and I don't want to get old and I'm really scared about getting old and mm-hmm. people are like embrace it it's fun it's fine and I'm like I don't want to like it's just not my style like it's not mm-hmm. what I want to do with my life I don't want to get wrinkles I don't want to <laughs> have I don't want to be bald I don't like it's just it's just not my vibe overall and that's mm-hmm. okay if it's other people's vibes mm-hmm. and I totally appreciate that and like <laughs> but it's not mine and uh-huh. like I don't want that narrative forced on me <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will, I, getting a, I will be getting a facelift. <laughs> I will be getting a facelift, like multiple facelifts. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's my future. Like, I and I accept it. that. Yep, I can see you at 80 years old. You're just going to have snatched skin. Like, it's going to be completely back. You're going to have, like, the most luscious hair. Um, I think I think you'll be fine. And honestly, that's, like, your total vibe, your brand. And even for me, I'm just like, we should all embrace, you know, the natural aging process and everything. But then when I start to age, I'm just like, wait. But, like, not me. Wait, <laughs> it's you, okay for everyone you, except for me. <laughs> do you think you would get a facelift when you're old? I don't know, you know, I think for me, like, I don't mind wrinkles that are representative of, like, happiness. Like, smile lines don't bother me and stuff like that. But for me, if, like, I have random forehead wrinkles or, like, wrinkles anywhere on my face that are not reflective of, like, anything besides just getting older, I'm like, do I really need those? Are those are those necessary? Like, why why do I have them? I don't know. We'll see, Hi, we'll see as the future goes. <laughs> I want to look like I've never smiled or laughed in my life. That's my goal. <laughs> I want to look like I've only had a resting bitch face my entire life. (laughs) I don't know if you saw the lady in the news that like didn't even smile at her children's births because she didn't want wrinkles. I feel like that's you. That is totally you. If I, if I, if I could do that, like I would. No, you look great though. I can't even tell you're aging at all. Every, every day in the shower, I actually do like lymphatic massages on my face. Oh, really? And like, I like, I pull all my skin back. To make sure I don't get like lines right here. Yeah. Right, I do, like, I do like a gua sha with my hands, basically. I love it, honestly. And from what I know of like your previous, you know, like skincare routine that I remember reacting to, like you're doing good with like taking care of your skin, using good products, like not using products that are accelerating that damage or aging process. Um, that's like, I just remember being really impressed. And actually one of the first questions I wanted to ask you um, is like, on the topic of skin, because a lot of people are watching because of their interest in skincare, what is like the absolute <laughs> worst thing you've done to your skin? What is your skincare horror story? I love to ask every guest. So it would definitely have to be in high school when okay. I found out that you could like squeeze blackheads out of your face. Oh. 
Oh shoot! <laughs> and like the 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 pore strips came out, and like they were like a really like new thing, like mm-hmm. you know those like things like rip mm-hmm. out, yeah, rip out of blackheads out of your nose. Yep. I was obsessed with that, and <laughs> I would just buy like every single different kind of pore strip available, oh, and do it like every day. But besides really? that, I would <laughs> I, wait. Besides that, I would steam my face mm-hmm. in like a facial steamer. And then I would sit in front of the mirror for like an hour and just oh, squeeze no. out every blackhead out oh, of my nose. No. And I thought it, I thought I was like doing something good for myself. <laughs> and now, fast forward to the age I am now, yes. um, I have sc- little scars like on yes. my nose, and I'm pissed about it. It's and the I worst. hate it, <laughs> and it's not cool. And I'm really mad I did that to myself. I must have squeezed so hard to get scars. Oh man, I can only like imagine. I'm so grateful. <laughs> oh. I'm so grateful I never had like full blown acne because I would mm-hmm. most likely have scars all over my face. Yeah, um, yeah that would have been bad. And it's oh. not cute. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, but I, and you have like kind of more sensitive skin, right? I remember like when I react to your, your previous routines, you have more sensitive skin. I can only imagine how red your nose would get after like doing all those oh, yeah. DIY extractions. I look bad. <laughs> I look bad. I, I was, and you know what? It got worse after that. It, I just got more blackheads and more like acne. And it course. was, it was not cute. I did not know how to take care of my skin when I was younger. Like I would always use those like exfoliating bead things. Oh yes. Like, like the, the bead all, scrubs. <laughs> Oh. The more har- the more harsh it was, the better. And I would just like, it's like scrub like oh. everything off of my skin, and oh. it just completely removed like a layer every day. Like, it was terrible. Every single day, in addition <laughs> to doing the extractions. I mean, and that's a testament. Yeah. And I feel like you and I have talked about this before, way a long time ago. But like, that is a testament to like not doing those like DIY, you know, yourself extractions. Because I only did it, I think, like twice, and I s- still have like broken capillaries, scars on my nose from yeah. doing it. It's it's like you should only it should only be done by a professional. I feel that too because I've I've made that mistake as well. I still have some of the scars left over. But I mean, overall, I'm impressed that your skin does look as good as it does, considering you did that every Thank single you. day. Like, God damn. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. I got no work done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're, and you're not gonna get work done in the future, of course, of course. <laughs> right. I love never, it. Never touched my face in my life. <laughs> I think it looked great. I'm surprised your skin has has survived that that intense trauma. But thank you for sharing mm. because this is a safe space where thank I'm you. only going to judge a little bit. No worries. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. I want to like I want to first talk a little bit about your story because everyone online knows you because of, you know, your hair care reactions and um, you know, your your brand as well. But like even I when I was, you know, doing like a little bit of research for this, um, I didn't even know your backstory of like how you started to become a hairdresser and like what got you inspired into that. And I, let me know if I'm wrong, but like, was was your father a, a hairstylist as well, and you became inspired by him? Like, tell us tell us that story. Wait, I never told you this. No, I literally don't know. I know you worked as a hairdresser, but I didn't know like why you started doing that or like what that path was. Oh, wow. Um, yes. So my dad was a hairstylist. He had his own salon for about oh, twenty five cool. years. 
and my mom was a distributor for a hair care company. So she, the way my dad and yeah, the way my dad and her met was she was going to his salon and being like, Hey, do you want to buy these products to have on your shelves? And he was like, sure. And let me take you on a date too. And then they got (laughs) married and had me. And then I, I, yeah, I was basically born in a salon. Uh, I was probably there at like two months in the salon chilling (laughs) and yeah, I was always around it. I always grew up as a very artsy kid, very, loved like painting and drawing and Mm -hmm. art class was my favorite subject and I never really excelled at school very much Mm -hmm. Uh, but I kind of I had been I knew how to do hair at such a young age and I would like braid all the girls hair at recess I would like yeah do everybody's hair for you know the little dances we had in elementary school and middle school Mm -hmm. Um, I would literally have a line like in at recess of, <laughs> of girls trying to get their hair braided. So I always knew how to do hair. And by the age of like 16, like I was doing full on colors and full on like blowouts and updos and all that stuff. And was traveling to different countries to learn about hair color because oh, my dad so was cool. one of the biggest, just one of the, he was one of the biggest distributors for the color company he used. Oh, so okay. they sent, they sent us on a lot of trips. Um, and I would accompany him and so I got like advanced, advanced knowledge by the time I was 16 and then I had to decide what I wanted to do with my life and I was like, I don't want to be a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like I've been doing it for, you know, seven years or something by then. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I've been in this industry for so long and I'm only 16 and, uh, (laughs) what do I do next? And so I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was going to go to art school maybe, mm-hmm. but I ended up being like, you know what? Like hair is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just keep doing it. Fine. I'll go to hair school and I'll finally get a license. Mm-hmm. I got a license at 18. Um, and then I moved to New York. I decided I wanted to do like bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, move to the city where it's the hardest to make it because yeah. if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Is basically what I was thinking. So um, I did that and then the rest is history. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a whole like, you know, a sub story about why I got into YouTube as well. So mm-hmm. that's like a whole nother passion of mine. And that was yeah. kind of always a goal as well. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't even realize that like both your hair, your parents had kind of like that involvement and that history of like working in hair care. I feel like that would be such like a unique way to be raised, but like talk about like giving you the skills and the knowledge that really like funnels into not only what you do for YouTube, but of course, you know, when when you know, you were working primarily as, you know, a hairstylist, but also into like creating your brand as well because I feel like with what your mom did that had to have helped with your knowledge of like the industry and the back end and how you know mm-hmm. products worked and were formulated like do you feel like that kind of contributed to you know your your skill set and being able to build your own brand yeah I mean my dad was more of an entrepreneur than hairstylist I feel like mm-hmm. um he he liked doing hair but didn't love it and he loved the business aspect of everything mm-hmm. so and by the time I grew up and was, you know, living in New York, my mom had been so far out of the industry. She mm-hmm. she stopped doing it when I was probably 
you know, like seven years old. So mm. I never really like saw that side of her where she was doing the hair care distribution stuff. Okay. Um, so she was more involved with the salon uh, and helping my dad. Um, but yeah, I think I really got inspired by just being in the salon and seeing all the hair products that were there mm -hmm. um, and constantly trying new products and constantly like seeing how how brands innovate and and it was always so exciting to me i don't know why like i like i just love hair products like i love yeah. that you can transform somebody's personality like transform how they feel about themselves through their hair and through great products um with color and hair care so i remember one day i went to my dad with one of the products from the shelves and i was mm -hmm. like dad I know what I want to do when I grow up and it is I want to make hair products oh my and gosh, he's like that's so cool. he's like you're fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um now I I believe him I am fucking crazy because it is so hard yes <laughs> it is so so hard to have a hair product any product line um, or any business, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I get where he was coming from, but I did it anyways. Yes. We love um, it. and honestly, like my dad definitely inspired, you know, me being a hairstylist and he didn't, he honestly didn't have a lot of time to like teach me mm -hmm. the ways of, of hair. And he didn't really think I was like going to be involved with anything business wise. Mm -hmm. He never saw that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and now Fast forward, I'm a CEO of oh, my yeah. own company, Royal and I'm like, man. I don't, yeah, I'm like, Dad, honestly, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> uh, so I just like to try new things mm -hmm. in reality and 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 make myself uncomfortable. Yeah, and grow as a person at all times, and so that's what I did. Yeah, and you've done it like so successfully. Like you guys, I've been able to, you know, like obviously, I'm not, I have not been with you on the day to day, but I've gotten sneak peeks of like how hard you work on your business like Xmondo in addition to everything that you do for YouTube and how much time and energy you put into it. When you talk about like you being crazy, I'm just like, honestly, to have your own like business and product based business, you have to be a little bit unhinged because no one in their right mind would want to spend every single minute of every single day constantly working on something and having no work-life balance and just, you know, being yeah. absolutely obsessed with it. it. It does take someone who's a little bit, you know, loose screws in the head, which I completely relate to you on. Thank you, Hiram. <laughs> but it's so inspiring. Hiram's yeah, like, Brad's fucking crazy. <laughs> and, um... You know, can you believe that that was a compliment? Did not come out that way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with your own brand, it's it's really inspiring to see the amount of work and dedication you put into it because it's something that you've really just like fully committed to building from scratch yourself. And like I, I get a lot of inspiration from that because, you know, with with creating my own brand and even in that process, you know, I, I remember asking you questions, you know, about what it was like. And and I think it's it's something that's very difficult to do in the way that you did it. But something you've managed to really scale and grow and, and maintain, which is, you know, half of the battle. Launching a brand and, you know, creating the products and everything is so difficult, but managing it, trying to grow it, keep it steady, keep it growing is super, super difficult. So like, what is it like 
doing that while maintaining like a presence on YouTube, a presence online as a content creator, balancing those two things. I ask that because I think a lot of people are interested and also just because I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing trying to balance those things. And I would love insight from you <laughs> on that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard mm -hmm. and I definitely don't have the, you know, solution because if I did, I would be probably a lot more sane and happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the secret is having a lot of help, mm -hmm. like having plenty of people to cover the things that you can't do or don't want to do mm -hmm. or is too mentally draining to do. Mm -hmm. um, I just keep hiring for those specific tasks. Like I, I don't want to, you know, maybe, what do I not? I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm involved with everything mm -hmm. in a way, but, and I, and I try not to micromanage, but I definitely like to have my hands everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also something you should learn how to kind of let go of. Yeah. And I have, and I, you know, there's, a, there's so many things. If I think back from the beginning of when I started all this, like I thought it was so stressful just to post two videos a week on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like that was my only job. Mm -hmm. Like I, that was it. And I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to make it this week? Like, how am I going to post these videos? And to think back on that, I'm like, dude, it was two fucking videos a week. Yes. Like, uh, you can get this done. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like running a business. I have like 12 full-time employees. Wow, I, wow. I, do t I do TikTok. I have a Snapchat show. I have a, mm -hmm. it's, uh, Instagram. I'm traveling. I'm you know, doing all these extra things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously I wouldn't be able to do any of it without all the people that are helping me now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really about learning how to be a good manager mm -hmm. if you really want to take this route mm -hmm. of being an entrepreneur. Um, and that took a lot of, there was a lot of growing pains with that. Mm -hmm. It was very scary at first mm -hmm. and I, and in a lot of ways, I hated it. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be in control of these people. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to feel responsible. It's uh -huh. like, a, it's a feeling of responsibility that I was like having a hard time adjusting to yeah. in, the, in the first year of all of it. And when I started paying that like first person a good salary, I was like, if I fail, like th they don't get paid anymore. Yes. And that was a lot of pressure that I felt. Um, and it was like paralyzing at one point. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like it's really starting to freak me out. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. But then I realized it's not, if, if I fail, it's not me failing. It's us failing. Mm -hmm. It's like the team's failing. Like we all work together mm -hmm. and it's not just me who should feel like a sense of failure if things go south. Mm -hmm. Um, I would never let them do that. Yep. But if, if that did happen, it's all of us. Like, it's not just me who ha is to blame. It's all of us. And, and I think about us more as a team and I'm not worried anymore about that. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, everybody can find a new job if they really need to. Mm -hmm. Second of all, like, I'm not going to fail and I need to remind myself of that. And yeah. third of all, um, yeah, it's all of us as a team working together, not just me by myself and them on their side. Yes. Um, so 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like I... that is that is I relate to that so much because there's one thing it's, you know, because um, you understand, like uh, I didn't grow up in, in learning business, really knowing business. I studied entrepreneurship a little bit in college, so I learned some of like the business, you know, launching skills. But like both you and I didn't grow up like knowing or like learning in job environments how to like manage people, how to build teams, how to, you know, do corporate things and stuff like that. And I know for me, like the pressure of, of having, having a team, it's absolutely incredible because like, I cannot imagine my life without the support of my team being able to help because I would have quit a long time ago if I didn't have that support system, but also the pressure realizing like, Oh my God, I got to keep my shit together because if I drop the ball, everyone's relying on me. And it's, it's a lot of pressure. It's difficult. And I feel like a lot of creators don't kind of talk about that because it's, you know, it's a lot about the videos and the content that's being created and stuff like that. But, you know, when you get to a certain point, when you grow to a certain point, you have to, you know, build a team, you have to have people kind of support you. And it's, it's very disorienting kind of knowing what to do and kind of being expected to have all the answers and know the exact, exact right routes to go and the path and the plans and everything. When in reality, at least for me, I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Everything is brand new. This is all, you know, a learning experience. But I think you're absolutely right. Like having a good support system and in like, honestly, whatever job environment you're in, whether you have your own business, whether you, you know, are working within a company and have, you know, coworkers or a team to support you, it's so good to relieve that pressure by really relying on people to help support you and build that and help mm -hmm. you grow because inevitably you'll just, you know, like you'll just burn yourself out. And that's also another question I yeah. want to ask, like, have you experienced like burnout because it's already a lot of, you know, work and pressure as a, as a content creator, but like having a business in addition to that, um, let alone living in New York city, the city that never sleeps or stops working. <laughs> like what have your experiences been? Have you struggled with burnout, uh, moments you've wanted to give, give up? What has that been like? Have I struggled with burnout? <laughs> uh, <laughs> currently going through it. <laughs> it's always, it's not whether or not you're going through burnout. It's what level of burnout am I at? I feel like. <laughs> I, I feel like burnout has been something that I've been going through since like, <laughs> like the second year mm -hmm. of doing YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been like never ending, but it's a different kind of feeling of burnout. Like before it was like a paralyzing feeling of burnout. Like I just can't post anything. Mm -hmm. And now it's a feeling of like, okay, I'm a little burnt out, but it's my job and you're going to get through it. And you've gotten through this so many times mm -hmm. and just push forward and fucking do the video or do the thing mm -hmm. that you need to do. And you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing. I don't know if that's like healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not, but I do do kind of good at, if I really need a vacation, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like my vacations are like four days. So, <laughs> yeah. You like just went to Italy, right? You just took a vacation. Yeah. 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 yeah that's including like the weekend. So I just take <laughs> off like two days of work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but I mean, that's kind of something you give up as a CEO mm -hmm. too. And like you, you don't really, people have this misconception that if you own your own company that you get to take vacation whenever you want mm -hmm. and you have like a chill life. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually the complete opposite. Yep. I hate to burst everybody's bubbles, know, but it's, true. Um, it's actually the opposite and you get the least time off of everybody. Mm -hmm. And do you want to, and you want to take the least time mm -hmm. off because the more you put into it, the more you directly see the benefits, yep. out of, you know, 
that's the best thing about owning a company. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, with social media, I think like after five years of doing social media, I mean, it's, I try to just think of it so much as a job now Mm -hmm. and like less funzy and cute (laughs) and like, that's just my approach that might not work for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I, I needed to kind of put a schedule to everything Mm -hmm. and like have it be very regimented and like, okay, you're filming this day, you're doing this, this day, your thumbnail this day, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your ideation is this day. And like, it's become very like cookie cutter and Mm -hmm. like, and I I don't really have a lot of like free time where I'm just like, let me just record a TikTok Mm -hmm. or like, let me do this. Like, it's always like, okay, you have an hour to record these TikToks. (laughs) Yes. And I think, yeah. And so I think like that's helped me not get so burnt out. Like I have, I work from 10 to six. Mm-hmm. Not really, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I work from, I work from 10 to six and then I like take a couple hour break mm-hmm. and then I work again usually. Mm-hmm. So like at least there's like some kind of structure there where I'm working like a certain set hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do try to like go to dinner or like hang out with a friend nice. or like, you know, work out. Um, and that, yeah, I think that all helps with burnout and, just keeping yourself in check in line and like having a schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, That's awesome. I honestly think that's a pretty good approach because you know, I feel like the reality of like creating content online is that it starts off as a passion that is solely done for fun. And I've talked about this like in a few other episodes because I've been able to have other creators on like, you know, Melissa Ong, which I know you're friends with her um, as well as a few others. We've talked about this. It starts off as a passion that you're doing for fun, no money involved, just out of enjoyment and truly just your passion. And then as it evolves into, you know, uh, monetary opportunities and it turns into your job and your career, I do think that at some point it is important to like kind of differentiate the passion and the work elements of it. Because if you keep just focusing on like, this is fun, I have to remind myself that this is my passion and it's a blast and I love doing this. Uh, it I feel like can in a lot of ways drive you into the ground quicker for burnout because you're like, well, if this is my passion and this is fun, why is it taking all of my time? Why am I never getting any relaxed time? Yeah. Why is this exhausting? And it feels like work. Um, and and I think, I know for me, like I've learned to look for the little things involved in it that are the fun moments in the midst of kind of the rest of of the work of it, you know? And, and a lot of that for me comes through like my brand Selfless. Um, do you feel like for X Mondo, that's really like your... I mean, I know it's like your baby, like that is, that is it. Do you feel like that's really where you get to really explore the full extent of like your passion and your interest because you have wanted to create products since you were like a little kid? Yeah, no, I love formulation, Mm -hmm. packaging. Like if I could just do that and photo shoots and, you know, all design, Mm -hmm. creative direction Mm -hmm. all around, like I would, I would love for that to be my only job. I mean... And, and in reality, I can make that my mm-hmm. only job. I think that there's a lot of things that I don't want to let go of mm-hmm. yet. Um, so that's kind of why I haven't. But um, yeah, I love I love it. And and I love I love content creation too. The only thing with content creation that is kind of just it's always the hardest part for me. It's like there's 
it's like I can have a bad day mm-hmm. and still make products and still like be <laughs> yes. fine with going into the office and like formulating stuff and like being in a bad mood but still doing mm-hmm. it. Whereas like when you're making content, it always feels like the sense of like fakeness when you have mm-hmm. to like pretend mm-hmm. to be happy on camera. Yes. And it's kind of always something I've struggled with 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 making videos. Like I don't want to fake happy, but you do have to fake happy to you know continue your job mm-hmm. and do what you need to do and and it's hard because people that's pick up on that struggle. you know i feel like people can yeah. really kind of receive that sometimes because in the reality of like trying to balance everything in your life you're like okay i have two hours on x day to film this video that's the only time i have to film it and when you get to that point if you've had a really shitty day and you're super stressed out maybe like underslept whatever it is and you sit down you're like wow i am so not in the right energy in the right mood to film this you kind of don't have any other options you're like well i either have to film and just like turn it on or or i'm not going to be able to make a video which is is hard to find because i feel like for me in reality if i did film a video whenever I was able to like be in the right mood and be like, you know, perfectly ready and energized and everything. It would always fall in the middle of like some other work or something else in my schedule or like yeah. at random times of the night or in the morning. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. And, and I, the bigger you get as a creator, like the more money is on the line mm-hmm. too, which I think is worth noting. Like mm-hmm. people don't like to talk about this, but that imagine like, you know, anybody listening like if you get called into work and you are so sick and you really don't want to be there but they're like oh but we have a big fat check for you to be there. <laughs> like sometimes it fucks with your head you're like should i do it should i not do it wait i don't know and then you really start to contemplate your whole life like am i a sellout like why am i doing this am i but i'm in a really bad mood and i don't want to film and if i do it i'm gonna be in a worse mood but mm-hmm. I really do want to make money and I do want to do my job. Mm-hmm. It's such a mind fuck sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's so many things. It's like people also de- like depend. That's on what content. I was going to say. Like you have an entire community, happy. like kind of counting on you for that content as well. That's waiting. That is, I know that's where I really feel the pressure as well Is like, I'm like, well, if I don't post or if I don't film, then there's so many people out there expecting a video, really wanting to see a video. And I'm, gonna be letting them down you know you have to kind of like deal with that as well yeah i've kind of like disassociated a lot from like (laughs) reading comments and like oh yeah like thinking into my into who i am as a personality online Mm -hmm. and like i i just i don't even want to know anymore who Mm -hmm. people think i am and what they perceive of me i just want to be whoever the fuck i want to be that day that's awesome and whatever Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's actually a question I was going to ask you as well is like, you know, because a a big thing that I'm always interested in is like, you know, the mental health ramifications of kind of working in in a job like this, because it is very different and you have the perception, the critique, the, the, you know, viewing of so many people doing what you do and commentating on it. Like for you, what has that been like from like a a mental health perspective, especially um, kind of facing the high level of critique that, you know, you as a male beauty content creator, uh, you know, in this space, um, what that's looked like, because I've seen, you know, kind of your journey throughout as, as you were starting. I know my personal journey, um, starting off in the beauty space, not necessarily feeling like, you know, like I was 
overall is accepted within the online space and kind of dealing with those mental health ramifications? Like what, what has that been like for you? I know you say you don't read as many comments and you kind of try to disassociate from it as compared to the past, but, but what was, what was that journey like? Um, yeah, I felt the same way where I wasn't really like a part of any community online because mm-hmm. I was, I was the, like the hairstylist and there was no other real hair. Like, mm-hmm. There was like one other hairstylist and, you know, they were in LA and I, you know, I never really had like a community around mm-hmm. me. And so I always felt, I was always like, what the fuck? Why is everybody else hanging out and <laughs> all these YouTubers are hanging out and mm-hmm. I'm not. And this was like, this was like back when like that was a big thing. Yeah. Like that yeah. was like all the YouTubers hung out together and like, you know, you really wanted to be a part of that group. <laughs> um, and now it's like a lot less, It maybe maybe it's not a lot less now, maybe I just don't realize mm-hmm. anymore and I don't really care. But yeah, it was a big thing. I never really felt super welcome or like anybody wants to do anything with me, which mm-hmm. is fine, I got whatever, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them for that. But yeah, it kind of sucked um, <laughs> and I think it was a little depressing and I think also like with men like I think with on a different kind of note like a lot of my mental health issues early on came from like views Mm -hmm. and like like competition and I was always competing constantly Mm. like how can I get the most views and how can I be the biggest youtuber which I think was good overall because you know I wouldn't be who I am now if I didn't do that mm-hmm. but it did fuck me up a lot and I'm very competitive and just those those numbers just got in my head all the time mm-hmm. and like I would have the worst days ever if my video did not perform well mm-hmm. um and I would check on the views like every 10 minutes oh my gosh every second of the day like it was such an addiction yeah. and and that was back in the day when Social Blade oh, was like super, yes, like people that. would compare Social oh, Blade. I forgot about that. Fuck that website. <laughs> Fuck that website. Yes, I hated <laughs> it. That was awful. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like triggered. That was torturous. <laughs> and you would like when you're coming up on social media, it's so exciting mm-hmm. and it's so everything is great. And, you know, you everything could not be better you're gaining so many followers you're getting so many views you've never seen anything like it everything's happening all at once mm-hmm. and then that inevitably like it all slows down like it's it's not always going to be like that yeah so like going through those ups and downs i needed to learn that there uh, there is going to be ups and downs mm-hmm. and it's not always just going to be like upwards at all times mm-hmm. and i'm much I give a fuck much less now. Good, uh, good. I don't look at, you know, I don't look at views within the first, like, 24 hours. Like, I really don't. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm, like, staying at a, at least, like, a good, consistent rate of views. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at my overall months, um, I don't, I just, like, I need to take a step back mm-hmm. and just be like, it's just social media. We are literally a speck of dust <laughs> yes as we all know as we all know now from that from the picture. images that have come out it's yeah. like weirdly reassuring where i'm just like wow <laughs> nothing matters i really don't need to get as stressed out as i nothing. do because we are literally nothing in the universe <laughs> we are nothing and nothing matters and that's my story <laughs> um, and i'm like what did like sometimes i just sit around and I'm like what do i what 
I, I make videos for a living. Like, what? what is that? Like, what? Mm-hmm. I made a whole career out of, out of reacting to things. It's such a joke, you know, <laughs> funny. Like, it's such a joke. And it's also great. Those, those <laughs> reminders to, like, not take it so seriously, I think, are, are really good. Because you're right. It's easy to get caught up in it. Like, with Social Blade, and when you were talking about, like, the numbers growing, like, honestly, the closest comparison I can make to that feeling uh, is, you know, like, when you're texting your crush and the crush texts you and you get, like, that rush of energy and that, like, dopamine hit? It's like that times 100 when you are getting mm-hmm. notification after notification, seeing the numbers growing, the followers grow. It's like this crazy rush. And so when that stops or when that, you know, kind of like plateaus or it changes, it's, I think it's only natural to be like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Do people do not like me? All this kind of stuff. And because it is in the business of, you know, you yourself being, being the brand, it's easy to kind of like internalize that. But I think that's also, and I don't know if you agree with this. I know this helped me a lot to kind of like get out of that mindset as well kind of diversifying what my passions were, what I was doing, being able to like launch the brand, um, start other things, new projects. It kind of helps to like take your attention off of just hyper fixating on like the views and the, you know, the subscriber counts and all that kind of stuff. And just gives you more perspective to just be like, chill. There's so many other things I can focus on. Don't take it so seriously. It's not a big deal, but I don't know. Would you say it's the same for you or like what's helped you? Yeah, like starting new projects is always has always made me really happy, and um, you know, trying new things and learning, and um, not having social media just be my only job, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I get to put my like my my stress. I, I'm not my stress. My I get to put like my passion into my brand now, mm-hmm. and, and you know, that's something that I can always fall back on. So it's a it's a feeling of like safety too now, mm-hmm. whereas. I only had social media before and like if that failed, you know, I was screwed or if mm-hmm. that didn't exist anymore, um, I would not be in a good position, you know. So now I have, now I'm much more established, I'm not worried about it, I'm, I, I know that I'll always have some kind of presence online but I don't need to be as big as I was or, or you know, as yeah I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to say like I I have another a business that I can fall back on and Mm -hmm. I feel more comfortable now and more secure in who I am so yeah that's awesome good that's that's awesome Mm -hmm. to hear I'm glad there's been like it's gotten so much better and you've been able to like gain more perspective and really go throughout that journey and and I think you're killing it I mean I I want to ask one final question um Mm -hmm. that I'm interested to know how does what you do now compare to when you were a hairstylist and would you ever go back? <laughs> well, I am still a hairstylist. Yeah, you are technically. Don't, don't, con- oh, don't confuse people because yes. there's a lot of, there's a lot of people. Yes. I should rewrite that. <laughs> everyone out there, he is a hairstylist for everyone who thinks he is licensed. not, he is licensed. I can confirm as someone who knows him, he is licensed. So I should rephrase it working in the salon versus what you do now and would you ever go back to that (laughs) um i would not go back to the salon Mm -hmm. um i am a little scarred from the salon industry Mm -hmm. um it was really not great for me Mm. and i never had a good boss and i it was a lot of like 
a lot of like mental abuse with bosses in New York. Really? Like New York is cutthroat um, when mm-hmm. it comes to hair industry and like everybody's trying to get that celebrity clientele. Everybody's trying to like get the best clients and the yeah. most money and they don't give a fuck. They'll step all over you. They'll like oh, ruin your life. They'll <laughs> they'll still steal. They'll do anything. Oh my god! Um, and it's a it's a pretty catty industry. Mm-hmm. There was definitely like, good sides to it. Like I met a lot of people. I still have one of my um, first employees was a person I worked with at a salon. Mm-hmm. So so like there's definitely upsides, but it was a lot of down and. Um, I, I much prefer doing like my own clients and being my own boss and. I I wouldn't go back if you paid me five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I am not built for that lifestyle. Yeah. I am also very much like being my own boss, mm-hmm. um, and I, I I don't I don't take direction well from others, and I'm <laughs> pretty uh pretty independent so yeah. I think what you're doing now is like perfect for you. Like I honestly can't imagine you not having your own brand, you know, doing your own thing with content creation. I think it's like the the perfect fit and and I'm glad you've been able to like move out of that space and really use it to, you know, channel what you do now and and it's it's super cool and I think really inspiring for a lot of people out there who may work as a hairstylist or may work in other industries as well of like what can happen when you really set your mind to it, when you really put in the work, time and energy. So, I think I think what you're doing is great and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It went by so fast. I can't believe thank like 45 minutes you. is already oh over. God. Seriously, I fucking love talking about business stuff too and, yeah. and social media. Like, it's so fun. Yeah. And it makes me feel so nerdy and like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, it's great. Because you know what? I, I annoy everybody about it in my real life. And I'm like, they're like, I don't give a shit what you did <laughs> I know. on your business this week. Like, I don't care, Brad. And I'm like, but. It's cool, right? And you're like, no. <laughs> I know. There's a reason I'm, why I'm very we. Humble. <laughs> there's a reason why we we have an unhealthy level of obsession with just like doing this stuff all day every day because I feel like I come off annoying yeah. to people in my life the same way where they're like, okay, Hiram, we get it, we get it. It's you know business <laughs> stuff, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I need to I need to reel it back. <laughs> but seriously, real, thank you, real. thank you for talking about it. I can't wait for the next time. I will literally let you know the next time I'm in New York. Everyone who's watching. Watching, please go subscribe to his YouTube channel, go follow him on Instagram, and check out some of his products from Ex Mondo. I personally recommend Glitterati if you want like this amazing glittery <laughs> serum that like adds this incredible like holographic effect to your hair. Definitely recommend checking that yes. one out. So please go check it out. And if you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Just Position Podcast on YouTube and make sure you stream um, on any platform that you listen to your podcasts. And this has been a production of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio, new episodes every Thursday. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Mwah.